Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is. I ran out of breath there. Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, brought to you by the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your your head. head. In stereo. That sounded great on my end. Whoa. whoa. That was awesome. Uh, Just a little bit of of an off timing on my part. As uh, Yes, Dave Ungar. Not here today. I, I I don't know. He said something about like his life being in danger if he didn't miss today or something <laughs> like that. He might die or something in the next six months. So like, you know, I figured it was okay. Dave, don't die. Uh, we'll see you. Well, I won't see you next week because as as I am the tribal chief, next week I am out. I will not be on bandwagon next bandwagon nerds next week. I will be bowling at a charity tournament and. uh well, you know, as long as it's for charity, so that, for dollars. So that, bowl, that bowl makes for dollars me, for good cups. That makes me and Tony the Usos. You are the Usos carrying carrying the, the brand while I'm away. And who's the tribal chief, or who's the uh, who's the wise man then? Because is Dave really the wise man? I mean, usually he's here. I mean, he is a balding white Jewish dude, so I guess it kind of fits. Who is a consigliere? Yes. Kinda, yeah. So I guess it is. There, there you are, folks. You're, there's your wrestling fix for today, by the way. I, I gotta, I gotta confess, and you've heard the voices. I guess, yeah. Let's do the introductions real quick. You've heard the voice, PC Tunney, uh, here as always, keeping his streak alive. Congratulations, sir. Longest running consecutive BWN streak. PC in, of, of the bandwagon. Yeah, PC Tunney disease. Who would have seen that coming, hey? And nobody saw that coming. We also have the Reverend Raymond S. Cashington Esquire, the 745th. Welcome him into the audience. A lot of generations between this week and last week. A lot of, a lot of growth in the family tree. Those Cashingtons got a little busy this week, huh? They did. You know, play some of that sweet, sweet Al Green and get busy. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm in a kind of a weird place today, guys. Here it is. It's kayfabe Monday. It's you know, it's actually Sunday. Uh, I know we're we're at our usual height of pro footballness, where you know the distractions are abound with with our teams playing. Though my team isn't playing locally, so I can't see them lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Ray is you know Ray's involved with his team, but I had my brain's been all over the place, and I had this weird thing today. And just for funsies, and I know it has nothing to do with bandwagon nerds, but this is just where my head was today. I was sitting around, and it was actually, I think it was because of the Ravens that I thought of this. But, and maybe this is a good five by five topic to do someday when I ever get back to doing the five by fives again. But I had this like moment where I was thinking about players that were like flash in the pan great. That had like that, like one, two, or three sort of like big time seasons where they were the guy. And it, it was because of the running back position as I was watching running backs like not game. And I started being like, remember Priest Holmes? And like there was like a time where like for like two seasons, Priest Holmes was like the guy. And then just we never heard from him again. 
I would, what? I would, I would put Larry Johnson before Priest Jones, Priest Holmes, because well, Priest I Holmes mean, I mean, played for Baltimore before he played for the Chiefs. That's true. Um, Christian Okoye, Michael Vick, Michael Vick. Really? I, here's here's one for you, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, just like guys who like you're like, oh, this guy's gonna be great forever, and then he was never great again. Probably the, the the number one flash in the pan guy of our generation, Bobby Sanders. Yeah. Injured yeah, his whole career. The one year he was healthy, they won the Super Bowl. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. I, I There's probably, like I said, there's probably a whole 30 to 45-minute podcast uh, in a 5 by 5 where we could have a fun, a fun little time making a list of that. But that's kind of where my brain is today. Like, I literally was sort of sitting there. It's like, man... You know, after 200 episodes, here we are at 201, and I'm like, what's left as we sit on the mountaintop? <laughs> 200? 200? It's all, it's, all downhill. it's all downhill from here. We just did it 393 nah, on DWI, no. brother. Well, congratulations on 393. <laughs> I, I, hear it's a very, I hear it's a very nice little podcast. Yeah, it's okay. Is it okay? That's good. And you know what? Don't sell yourself short. It's fine. It's not. It does, it's not okay. It's it does, fine. It does well. It does numbers. It does well. I don't I, I like to believe we do numbers. So I guess we'll keep podcasting. So I'll believe Oh, it this show it, it also does well. Yeah. Thank you. I like I like to think that it's because we boo Ray. Well uh, every can show. I can I plug something for Ray though? Sure, plug something for dope. Because I have a feeling it's also going to do well, and it dropped yesterday morning, and it's the Out of Retirement, it's Outsider's Edge presents the Out of Retirement episode. Uh, Ray and uh, Kyle are back to talk everything they haven't talked over the last, what, six months or so there, Ray? Wow. The last last official episode, if you're not counting the flight episode that when I stalked him at his house, was with (laughs) you, Tony. Was with you, Tony, in February. Yes. Uh, okay. So, oh, wow. So that's even that's well, yeah, that's seven months, six six and a half months. There you go. So make you sure know, you check and, that out. And Greg and I, Greg and I joke about our hiatuses, and that that one, an impressive hiatus. Oh, nobody nobody got me beat, bro. Nobody got me beat. I'll give <laughs> you, uh, I'll give you a heavy year and a half every week, three times a week, and then you won't hear from me for like a month, like a year and the other year and a half. That's but, fair, that's fair. But you do also have Ray with Andrew Belaz and myself, chair shot uh, NFL every Thursday morning. Get you ready for do your speaking of Speaking of hiatuses, Andrew Belaz back on the airwaves? Yes, three wow. weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row on chair shot NFL. He's even three weeks in a row. There was actually a I don't wanna I don't wanna get anybody excited and I'll just tell you I won't get into details, but I can tell you that from last night there's a, a lengthy little thread and it's there's three guys in there. It's me and Andrew, and the other one's Chris. So, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, I, I, oh. So, so look, I will. So, apparently, I've been fired. When no, I, didn't even I found. To work. No, no, I found so out that the best way to get Ray to do something is when this starts to happen. I'll just message him two hours before we do the first show, and he'll definitely be there. I won't answer the phone. Great. So, so I, Ray, I don't know that you were fired. I don't, I don't know. Fired seems like a strong word. It sounds like maybe they went into a dir- in a different direction. They found other avenues to pursue their goals. They fired. Let, you were let go. No, you that's were, not a chair shot you NFL were, you thread. Were, that's not a chair shot NFL. The, thread. 
the the new black dude to the to the to the no, company got let go for the old black dude. For this the is just not. This well, we can only have one black dude in the company, man. Like I, at a time, I get it. I, look, I have lived in America long enough to understand. Ray, I've got them. I unbeknownst to them, and maybe they just forget, but I've gotten to you. I've gotten a total of three black gentlemen on the network consistently. So you know, I try my best. Who's the third, Rob? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. He's not black. <laughs> no, he is. I, just, <laughs> I mean, he's on every week. He is. I, I, I forget Miles is a regular thing now. So yes. Cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, those are all the other podcasts that you can catch on the chairshot.com. We did a little talk about our, our wonderful, wonderful network. And if you love all this stuff, you love listening to us, and it's clear you do, because as Tony will say, the numbers are strong. Make sure you head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chairshot and support us by picking up a delightful chair shot shirt. They run around 20 bucks. However, if you spend a few dollars more, you can get them soft style that feel great on your giblets. You can rep the Bandwagon Nerds brand or any other of the chair shot brands that, that we have on there. We got a ton of designs for you to choose from. Don't have to be beholden to us nerds because we love the support either way. It all goes to the same team. Gentlemen, our episode today, 201, we are going to continue our talk about Ahsoka. We are going to go into the trailer park a little bit. We've got some news around the nerdosphere with some film films coming out, films being, you know, changed from series to films. We got more workers on strike. Well, not on strike, unionizing. You should be clear about that. And I got a little bone to pick with Dave. But before we get into anything with the episode, I do, I got, I got to ask a question before I before I do this. So Tony really disturbed me earlier this week. And he knows why he's throwing up his hands already. Because this really bothers me. Before I do this, I have to figure out if this is a double whammy. So Tony, lift your microphone up for a sec because I don't want you to retort just yet. This is a question of one Mr. Raymond S. Cashington Esquire, the 745th. Have you seen the film The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Thank you. Tony has never seen Shawshank. Why? Like, and here, and I'm not even going to be mad at you. I I need to start with the why before I explain to you why you really need to watch this movie. Because I'm I'm not coming from this. I I joked in our DMs that I was going to come after you over this one. I'm not. I'm going to pull, I'm going to put this movie over. So what has kept you from seeing the Shawshank Redemption? I, when did it come out? Late nineties. It was the late nineties. Okay, I just I really. Think it was late. So I, think I was early nineties. I graduated. I'm gonna IMDb it while you're chat. I graduated high school in '99, so I probably just wasn't interested in these kind of movies back then. You know, I think I was on the verge of having watched, you know, South Park and basketball and um, the Scream spoof movies, scary movie. So you know, we're kind of more into that sophomore humor back then. And then as I got older, I know people would tell me, oh, it's, it's great, this is great, this is that, there's this iconic scene, there, this happens, this phrase is from it, and I just never watched it, man. So, it came out in 1994, so even earlier than and that, you know, so you were much younger than that. That's, I didn't do like, anything I was in yesterday. My, I was in my teens when that happened. I didn't do anything yesterday, and I could have watched it, but you know what I did instead? I, I rewatched the movie The Other Guys, and loved Michael Keaton for quoting... Um, <laughs> What, what? TLC, yeah, don't TLC. go chasing waterfalls. No, he did like four or five different things. <laughs> it was yeah, great. Because I ain't got no scrubs. <laughs> yeah, I got time for no so, scrubs. 
I really do need to go back and find our 90s project drama list because I can't imagine that Shawshank didn't make it had to be like Tony or not Tony Dave's like number one or two like it was way up it should be up there for all of us Tony I I gotta tell you in terms of just great films and it's based on a short story by Stephen King called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption um it's so unlike anything you 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 know Stephen King for, like in terms of just like you know we think of we think of Stephen King, we think of horror, we think of uh, you know like supernatural, dark sort of stuff. And this is a very it is a, a dark tale, but it's a wonderful. It's just an amazing film. It's hard to put into words just how good it. Like Tim Robbins is phenomenal in it phenomenal in that morgan freeman gives one of his best performances uh, of his career in my opinion and that was like peak morgan freeman in my opinion like when you look at the like early to mid 90s when he was doing things like shawshank and seven where he was just uh even earlier than that when he was in glory like morgan freeman just sort of at at the height of his acting prowess now it is a long film it is a two hour and 22 minute film but it is. Is that even long anymore? It depends Not on the now. time. It's like media. Back it's like the back, longer back. side of medium now. You know, I think anything but under back, two and a half hours. Two hours and twenty-two. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but it's it's. I really, really, I strongly urge you to find the time and put this on a list to watch because I would love. I, honestly, you know, it would be great is free to watch it for us to come back and do an episode about. Or at least maybe even a segment on Tony watching Shawshank. I, have I, I think it would be worth it. I have Hulu. I guess it's on Hulu. There it's you on, go. It, com- it comes on TBS or TNT like once a week. Yeah, I'm not doing uh, But that. don't watch it edited, man. No. Watch it. Uh, yeah. Because that's going to be cleaned that. up. That's going to be uh, like it, it softens that movie. But this movie's in the vein of like Stand By Me, The Green Mile. All right. All right. All so, right. Uh, I, definitely, I haven't yeah, seen Green yeah. Mile either. So, um, Oh, dude, the Green Mile, man, the Green Mile had. Me I will agree to watch one movie. Do not start on getting me going to watch all this other crap. Okay, I will watch this, but I will, and I don't mean it like that. I mean stuff, like as in a lot of stuff. Sorry, crap was the wrong word. I will, I will watch this ahead of an episode where I know you and Dave and Ray will all be on together. Green, green, right. green Mile is Green Mile's a heart. It, you, you, if you're not ready to cry or ready to have an emotional release, don't watch that movie. Dude, that movie crushed me the first time I watched it. Yeah, I remember I was sitting there bro. watching it like I was watching with my folks and like none of us could talk. It was so good. Even when you know what's gonna happen, if you still watch it, it still gets you every time, dog. Is it because you knew you that know, dude I'm was gonna end up marrying Amorosa? <laughs> that was funny, right, Ray? Come on, that was really fucking funny. That was funny. That's what I think of your funny. <sighs> sure. All right. Anyway, we do have we do have a full episode today. We're we're going to continue uh, with our with our Ahsoka talk now. And so, in order to do that, we got to get a little bit of Ahsoka talk music. I'm going to hand it over to our producer today, producer PC Tony.
All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I know that both. So this was a very good episode. I, I want to get that out of the out of the way first. Episode five, very good episode. Um, I'm going to make a little Lord of the Rings joke here, though, because we went from Ahsoka to gray, the Gray to Ahsoka the White by the time it was all done, as she has her sort of out of body experience. And and Tony also apparently not a Lord of the Rings guy, which I knew, uh, shaking his head like. I tried three times, no, I Patrick. Get it. I tried. It's fine. You don't like epic fantasy, and I get it. And that's <laughs> no, that's, yeah. So you are. It's it's cool. I, it's not true. You know you. I mean, it is true because what? You like what? Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. That's I'm the same. Don't, I, love feel, those. I don't, don't feel bad. I'm I'm the same way with you. I, none of that stuff is for me. I love Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, but so none of that stuff is for you. Like none of that stuff is for you. Tony's like you know toe in the water. It's it's fine. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> I don't know where this came from. Where did the hostility on Tony wow, come from? Wow, you're like, just I like... Up and I, was I, like you know what? I know what it is. You know it's Ray, I know, I know why. I know why. Because his shitty football teams are playing again. That's yeah, true. My shitty football teams are playing again. How bad are we? How, how far down are we? I don't even know. I don't know. You've on three before. Uh, that's all right. We'll lose by 17. But anyway, Dave loved this episode. Uh, Tony... It's it's funny, after I watched it, I messaged Dave and was like, I wonder what Tony will make of this episode. Whether, you know, whether he would he would be all on board. Because it was here's the thing is this was gonna be an episode where Tony was either gonna be all on board with what happened, or he was gonna come in here and be like, What's with the fucking whales? That's kind of the two directions I thought this could go. So when Tony put in our DM thread best episode yet i i was pleasantly surprised uh dave in his love of hyperbole said that it was quite possibly the best anything star wars related since the season finale of mandalorian season two and we'll get into the second point that he put later but that that i'm sorry dave you're not here that's crazy talk. I like, I'm just gonna like, sorry. It's just, you're wrong. There wrong, it is. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Can we stop and take a second to appreciate the new delivery of, of that was, was excellent. I really appreciate it. Thank that. you. Yeah, it was well done. Well thought out there. I, I, I did really think about that. And here's the thing is, I'm not saying that this episode wasn't a good episode. I think it is absolutely, you're absolutely correct. It's arguably the best episode of the series so far. Uh, I, there's a little bit of a slowdown when you're not focused on the, the Anakin Ahsoka part, like when they're trying to find Ahsoka like that, those bits in between, which you have to have with Hera and her son trying to find Ahsoka in the ocean and, and hapless captain. What's his nuts. Being like, we have to go. The fleet's coming. We have to go. The fleet's coming. Um, but I, Andor is the best thing that, in my opinion, Andor, which if you guys still haven't seen Andor, that's the best Star Wars series they put out. Period. End of discussion. And I would put up, so there are, there are at least a couple of episodes. Like, you get to see the birth of the rebellion in 
Andor, where one of the pivotal characters, and I don't want to talk too much about it, because if you haven't seen Andor, I don't want to ruin kind of the magic of it, but a, but a pivotal character of Andor makes this this speech and kind of sparks this, this revolution. And it's just amazing. It's beautiful television all the way through. Andy Serkis in that series. Amazing. And Dave, and Dave kind of went back a little bit. He's like, you know, as a series, yes, but this one episode. And I'm like, no. And then he got to the crux of it. His, uh, his fandom of Ahsoka herself as a character and the Anakin-Ahsoka dynamic probably tips it in his opinion as to why it is the way it is. And I get that. Um, it's time for me to confess something, guys. Though I've been holding this in for a while. I like Ahsoka. I don't love Ahsoka as a character. Like to to use the language of my son, find her kind of mid. Which, as a forty five year old man, I don't understand what that means. I just know that it means meh. So it's kind of mid. What the fuck? That's 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 my feeling. But Sorry. I like the story that they're Sorry. Talking. That was the yes, first sir. football outburst of the year. Reaction. I, I apologize. Did, did the Packers do something bad? No, it's just fantasy shit, okay? Then they end the Packer game and just keep just keep moving along. Don't ask. Just keep going. Got you, got you. So but that doesn't mean I didn't like the episode. I didn't like what happened with the series and the show and, and episode five is really, really good. For the most of it we Continue to follow us. We follow Ahsoka with Anakin. Is it seems like Anakin's a Force ghost at this point, or and it's kind of clear because, it, or that Anakin isn't even really there. That it's a manifestation within Ahsoka's mind because she's in this world between, and she has this confrontation with Anakin, and that initially is Anakin during the Clone Wars before he's turned to the dark side, and he talks to her. He calls her Snips. They argue about how she was trained and how she was never one to who wanted to be a soldier or be a part of a war. And Anakin was like, the reality is we were in a war when you joined the Jedi Order and I had to train you as someone to be prepared for war. And we get some great flashbacks, a, a cameo by Commander Rex for those who are fans of the Clone Wars series. And, and, um, and uh, shoot why am I forgetting Star Wars Rebels? Rex pops up at a couple of those. And we get to see him in his full armor with his with his look. We get to hear a you know, we get to hear the voice. She is comforting clone soldiers. And you can see that a lot of this is stemming from an inner conflict of her unwillingness to kind of be more than just sort of a, a peaceful Jedi, that she doesn't want to be a soldier, that she's resisted this. Uh, we get a couple of progressions before we get what a lot of people are talking is one of the kind of great, the, the great peak and moment within this within this episode where uh, during a battle that Anakin wasn't present at, he she is confronting him again about how she never wanted any of this. This is why she left the order and how he turned to the dark side and left her and betrayed her. And that then takes us back to the beginning. And now he's full on dark side Anakin and she is fighting with some great imagery, Darth Vader, Anakin. There's a brief moment where you get a look of her almost embracing the dark side a little bit. Uh, there's a, 
a moment where the lightsabers clash. He's full red lightsaber. And you get a look at her eyes, and it's almost that sort of dark side tinge to it before she fights it off, kind of overcomes it. And at that point, sort of defeats the dark side Anakin to make peace with herself and seems to be in a better place. And that's how she finds the fortitude to then communicate with our force whales. I refuse to call them purger, pur, pur, whatever the fuck they are. And get, hitch a ride because they can travel between galaxies. Hitch a ride with these whales to catch up to Sabine and the rest of the uh, dark side forces chasing after one Grand Admiral Thrawn. Meanwhile, these force wells happen to like make their jump to hyperspace in front of the arriving uh, New Republic fleet. So they are a witness to everything that Hera is trying to convince them and Captain What's-His-Nuts is trying to convince them that, that there really is more to this. And that's the end of the... Oh, I'm sorry. He has a name. I'm sure Tony will look it up, but I like Captain What's-His-Nuts. Uh, he's so inconsequential to the Star Wars canon and universe that they use... They use the same promo picture that they used for him in The Mandalorian for this episode. Like, they couldn't even well, get a that, new photo of the Asian the captain act, dude. Like, the, 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 actor, the actor's name is Paul Sun Young Lee, and it's Carson Teva. Yep. Yes, Carson it's, Teva. It's ahead, not his yeah. fault. It's not his fault. Blame, not. Um, Man, he's blame cashing Zena. them checks, bro. It's Zena's fault. <laughs> right. It's Zena's fault. She was supposed to be the face of the the rangers of the new republics it's it's not that's that's her fault. no he's a he's a fine character i like him a lot like he brings a lot of great levity to the series i just think it's hilarious that they're like you know captain Tiva's back and it's like they're just using the same stock photo over and over and over going for the promo like i can't wait for them to be like we have two asians in star wars and it's just him in the same picture just like in the background in the foreground somewhere like he's in the audience Ray's laughing because he knows he knows the joke. Hey, in fact, the University of Wisconsin did that once on their uh, their uh, student handbook pages. Same black dude in like a couple of different locations on the cover of one of their student handbooks from like twenty years ago. Two different poses. Great huh? day in Madison. They they were like diversity. Same pose too. It wasn't even it wasn't even like a different pose. I <laughs> same hey, pose. My sister went to Madison. I went to UW Milwaukee. So it's a fine institution. Fine institution of Ireland. But, okay, I've talked a lot about this episode. Tony, I know you love this episode. Talk to us a little bit about what you loved out of it uh, and what you think going forward. Because now we're jumping into a whole other galaxy, universe, I'm not sure. We're going far. Universe. Hera's son, Jason, I think is is a really cool part of this episode and how he can dive into the Force. Like, last episode, I was like, what the fuck is this kid doing here? And then it got pointed out to me and as watching, learning that he is force sensitive and that helps them. That's the only reason they find Ahsoka, to be honest with you. Uh, otherwise she's just going right. to float out there until who knows she floats up or, or dies. But I, I kind of knew what was going to happen in this episode as Dave was kind of explaining to me this last week. And I was not, I was very skeptical. I'm like, I don't really want to see this side of star Wars, but what we got was really good. Uh, the fact that she almost had to do the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future kind of thing uh, was really interesting. I loved the imagery that she saw when Anakin would flash from him to Vader in these shadow hallways that she was watching him walk down. Yep. 
I've mentioned this already. Rosario Dawson has grown on me as Ahsoka. Ahsoka, the character, has grown on me. But when I see young Ahsoka and the full-bodied character that she has and, and like, sass and attitude and, and conviction as opposed to the old Ahsoka, I love that so much more. Even, like, her fight scenes, she's so much better. Like, when they come back from young Ahsoka to old Ahsoka, I feel like we're watching, like, this huge slowdown in these fight scenes. And I, and I you know, that's the only thing that bothered me. But I like the galaxy-jumping cosmic whales. I, I'm totally down with it. Uh, we got to see Ahsoka on an airplane, or on a ship again, outside of it, communicating. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I love the fact that the ones that came to take them back to, to you know, find out if they are going to suspend hair are the same ones in awe as it happens, and they finally got done what they needed to do. So I think that's going to help moving right. forward. But I don't know. I, it's interesting. Now we're going to get into actually, you know, how, how has Sabine been treated? Are we actually going to see Ezra? Is, is this Thrawn actually there and ready to come back and take over everything? I, I love this episode. Um, Hayden Christensen was excellent. I think they could really do a lot more with him in that space as they move forward. He could end up being this, you know, ghost Jedi form that kind of, when you're down and you need a hand, this, you know, this is what you get. So it's kind of cool though, too, that it's kind of cool though, too, that like from Qui-Gon to Obi to Anakin to Ahsoka, now Sabine. We're kind of c- continuing that lineage oh, yeah, that, of, of that Jedi, lineage hopefully. Is, is always special. Yeah, right? it's been special. Like, of the, of the few things that I like about the prequel trilogy is seeing the chain of Jedi from Yoda to to where we are now with, like, Ahsoka and Sabine is quite is quite the connection because it goes... Yoda to Count Dooku, you know, and then he offshoots over to Palpatine. But Yoda to Dooku to Qui-Gon Jinn to Obi-Wan Kenobi to Anakin Skywalker to Ahsoka. Then Obi-Wan Kenobi has his own offshoot history. He's like the Bill Belichick uh, coaching tree, if you want to call it that, where then he also has Luke Skywalker who trains other It's it's quite the the fun little tree to follow and see. It's part of what Jedi special. Wouldn't Yoda more be Luke's master? No, no. Almost everybody argues that it's it's Obi Wan first. Okay. Because Obi Wan started him on the path, so it's it's really about that. And you look I just at feel it like I feel like the development when the plane is crashed on I forget the fucking planet's name right now, and Dagobah, the, right? And then I feel like that part is more important to his Jedi ness than that's a word by the way, Jedi ness. The Force Ghost who stays with Luke Skywalker until Rise of Skywalker isn't Yoda; it's Obi Wan Kenobi. So that and that's really where the Master and the Apprentice relationship kind of forms on. Because again, like Obi Wan, he sees Qui Gon, and, and that's how he sees that Force Ghost. Anyway, I also want to call out Ariana Greenblatt because who played young Ahsoka? Let's talk about the career that this young woman has experienced. She went from young Gamora in 2018. She's in In the Heights. She's in 65. She's in was in Barbie this past summer. And now she's showing up as young Ahsoka in an episode of of the Ahsoka series. This young lady is having quite the start to her career. And just, you know, goddamn. 
I mean, good on her. And she is, what, how old is she? Do you think? She's 15. She's 15 or 16. Yeah, 15 years old. She's one of the, quote, top stars to watch in 2023. Right. Do you think as this series moves forward, we get more flashbacks with her involved? Considering, like, I think she's a better uh, Soka than well, Soka. <laughs> she was very cryptic. She was very cryptic on her socials about when slash if she's coming back. She was just she did one of those like, hey, anybody seen any good television lately? Tweets, and then was like, I can't talk now, which just tells me that she'll likely be reprising a young Ahsoka role at some point. Do you do you mind if I jump in? Because I'm caught up, so I can actually talk about yeah. it now. Well, I, uh, sorry, I forgot um, to ask. Okay. Um, you watch I have yet? I have a few thoughts. Um, I've seen Flash Gordon as many times as there are catch tents. Um, That's a lot of catch. So I, I have a few thoughts. First and foremost, first and foremost, I disagree with the notion that this was the best episode of the series. Of the series, or of the series, yeah, I'm not gonna go with that hyper hyperbolic shit in best sense. No, just of the five episodes, I don't think this was the best. Okay. Um, I have I have a major problem. I like three. With, I like four better. Yeah. I like four better too. Four was the better episode. Am I? Wait, I'm good. Go Am I breaking up? Am I breaking up? No, 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 no. You're fine. I can hear you. No, I'm just okay. comedically disgusted with your. Bashing of episode. Four. Oh no, I, I, I it seemed like it was freezing for me. I'm sorry. I like four better personally. My problem with five, while it's a really, really good episode, is I hate these episodes where something big happens and leaves us on, on a cliffhanger, and then we go on a side quest. I want to know what happened. Sabine had the chance to try to destroy the map. She gives it over willingly. It's taken. Ahsoka is thought to be dead. They're, they go basically essentially to find Thrawn, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, we're just gonna see Ahsoka hanging out with Anakin all of a sudden. I, like, that's cool. That's not what I want to see in that moment. I want to see, as you mentioned, have they found Thrawn? Are they treating Sabine okay? You know, I, we got to figure out how they find Ahsoka again. But for her to go on that quest to find herself and change clothes. Yeah, but how else do you like, get to them going after to find Sabine and Ezra if if Ahsoka's the only one that can talk to these space whales and 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 get to where they're going. That's the only way they can find it. It's just connecting the dots in the story. Because when we left, the part she I have was the with. dead. That's not the part I have the problem with. The part I have the problem with is her having to essentially, as you put it yourself, go through the ghosts of Anakin past, present, and future to get back there. Well, That was gotta, cool to see, but it so was So you would have rather not had her die or what? I don't know what I would have done because I'm not Dave Filoni. I just know I don't like. Now I had a whole 50 minute episode where I know nothing about what happened with Thrawn and with the the I don't know their names because um, you know so what? Be, like I want to know that. And I think I think I'm going to be right here. I think we're that's next season. That's the end of this season is finally finding Thrawn. I think because what do we no, got? No, I, Three I, episodes I, left. I, I don't I don't know that that's really what what I think he's getting at, Sonny. If and, and Ray, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like so. This big thing happens at the end of season at the end of episode four, 
and we we got like nothing. Not a thing. And, and this is and a Ray, Disney to, trope. to make you even more upset, I think next week's episode, we might not see much Ahsoka. I think we might get the other half of it, and then everybody comes back together. That, and that's very kind likely. of like a meanwhile back at the ranch, this was yeah. going on. And this so, is a Disney trope. Because it, it happens in every Marvel series. They do this a lot. This is a Disney trope where they try to essentially stretch things out so that when everybody comes back together, it feels like it's a big episode. You know what I'm saying? It's a big thing. And again, that's fine. I just, for me personally, that's an annoyance. Um, so that's one thing. Secondly, we, we you guys spoke about how Ahsoka, from what I've watched, Star Wars in general, particularly the series side of Star Wars, loves to have these extremely witting characters and make them earn your love. Mando was able to do it pretty quickly because of Grogu. Boba mm-hmm. Fett wasn't able to do it for Patrick, but for me, he was. Right? But yeah. Ahsoka is essentially in, in that same breath, horrifically wooden, but I think the thing that's going to make you like her or care about her is Sabine. And that's why they took her away from her. And had to make her, as you notice, every single episode, she's getting more and more comfortable. I think it was a big moment for her in their relationship when um, they were being chased before they got to the planet. And she was like, all right, cool. What do you need, Sabine? Tell me what to do. And you saw the shit work for them and, and their relationship got a little better now. So Ahsoka is not a likable character, but she's going to become more likable as it gets down because of Sabine. So because of because of that, and also because she's different, I like the fact that there's a Jedi who don't fuck with the Jedi. Like, that's dope to me. Right. And, and I think that's the thing. I want to go back to something Tony talked about. Animated Ahsoka to me is is more interesting and compelling than Rosario Dawson Ahsoka, because and and for me, for me personally, and I want to I want to own that that like I want to like this character I do I want to like it more like I'm rooting for her uh, I liked her more at the end of this episode because it seems like finally the character what I I just I never liked. Part of it's the portrayal in the series where there was this extra conflict within Ahsoka that just, in my opinion, did not exist in the character until this series. Like, when you look at the journey of Ahsoka from Clone Wars season one-ish, whenever she you know makes her first appearance, to the end of Rebels, to her appearances in The Mandalorian, like, she's not... She's not what she is in this series. And I know part of it is you need to have something for her in the series to grow. And she's a much older it, character, too. Right. It just, it, for me, it made it very difficult to, to buy that part of it. Now that she seems to be more at peace and more confident at the end, like, again, I make the joke. We went from Ahsoka the Grey, a la Gandalf the Grey, to Ahsoka the White, who is a completely sort of reborn character. You know, she seems to have confidence and knows what she needs to do now. Like, she wasn't sweating that Sabine kind of, it almost feels like, maybe betray isn't the right word, but she definitely gave in 
when you would have hoped she wouldn't have given it. And so maybe it'll maybe it'll change for you. But like bad, good. I don't know if like I guess I guess I go back. I'm still just kind of mid right now. I so she clearly is a character that has a ton of weight on her, which was alluded to very heavily with the ghost of Anakin, past, present, and future, right? Yes. Um, and that was, I think, cinematically done to show you that the weight has been lifted off of her shoulders. But she's holding this weight from the Clone Wars. She's holding this weight from leaving the Jedi. She's holding this weight from not being able to be the master that Sabine needed. There's a lot of weight she's holding, and she's finally able to let it go. I can't tell you about Clone Wars or about Rebels. I've never watched that. But I can elude that much from the five episodes I've seen thus far. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. But I also, there was something very poignant to me. Um, who is the dude who was the Sith who was basically controlling everything? Balin Skull? That fought, Bail that fought Ahsoka and then... Balin Skull? Took... That killed her? That killed that killed Ahsoka, yes. Balin Skull. Balin Skull. He said something to me that was really, really poignant. When um, he was trying to get Sabine to give up the map, and uh, the little angsty teen girl was trying to choke her. Oh, Shin. Shin. His apprentice is Shin. She gave up willingly the map, and she was choking her from the back. And oh boy, told her stop. She, uh, I gave her my word that she would be safe, and unlike her past master, I intend to keep it. There, we've all known this is I'm speaking to the void, I apologize. That the only difference between Seth, Sith, and Jedi is what you choose to do with the Force, but essentially, it all comes from the same place. I like the fact that the bad guy did the good thing and the good guy has normally done the things that are that's interesting to me because yes while he killed Ahsoka they were in combat Ahsoka's killed many other people but he a woman who was literally trying to kill him just a second ago he showed her mercy and kept his end of the deal he didn't have to do that but Ahsoka is in the situation she is now because she essentially abandoned Sabine. And the whole episode four, she's trying to tell Sabine, I know you want to find your boy. You just got to give it up. We got to destroy the map. It's not worth it. So that's interesting to me how essentially the bad guys are doing things that are evil but are respectful. And the good guys are doing things that maybe for the right reasons but are a little suspect. Here's here's what I think we're going to do, we're, we're going to learn by the end of this uh, series, and it's something that hasn't been talked about in a, in the traditional on film Star Wars universe, is that there are more than two paths within the Force. Yeah, is that there is the the Jedi who pertain to the light side of the Force, there are the Sith pertain to the dark side of the force and then there's a third there's at least a third group uh and in and depending on who you ask there's a fourth 
known as uh, the Gray Jedi, who basically share no side, but believe in maintaining balance within the uh, within the galaxy. And the way this pairing has played out, and their actions and their words. It very much feels more on the like I would have argued before today that Ahsoka was a gray Jedi because she's not really, you know, one side or the other. I would argue that that these folk could possibly be gray Jedi as well. Just a theory. Don't know if it's true or not. Uh, I could be completely wrong. The association with Elsbeth and Thawne tell me or Thrawn that it's not so, but we'll see. Not necessarily, because again, it's all about a point of view. Uh, if if there's something where you think the world is out of balance and you bring it into balance by bringing Grand Admiral Thrawn, because he keeps talking about making things right, like that. That's to me. To me, that's not necessarily. To me, Balin's call isn't necessarily saying he's doing this, that he's fighting to preserve light. It sounds like he's fighting to preserve balance. And that's just he, a different, like, he, he's siding with this person because it's convenient for what needs to be done. He even said he doesn't want to bring about a war, but Thrawn will. Yes. So, we'll have to see. Uh, again, very good episode of Ahsoka. Perfect place to end this. We got, it's. I think we got, what, four episodes ago? Three episodes ago? I can't remember. We're at 10? Let's put it this way. 10 at the very least, the last two episodes have brought this series up to a level of a Mandalorian-esque, where I think in the first three episodes, it was just better than Boba Fett, but not quite Mandalorian. Put some respect on Boba Fett's name, bro. I really enjoyed this series. Yeah, I did too, but I still think this overall has been better than that. Well, yeah, it has a point. It has a point. Yeah, Boba Fett didn't really have a point. I rode a Rancor. It was really cool, you guys. Boba Fett on a Rancor. All right. Greatest thing ever. Don't make me, anyway, okay, don't, we're going to take our first commercial break. Don't no, make no more me talking dig about out Boba. your rant. I would, oh, do you still have that? I got it marked. I got to get it. Guys. I know where it is. That's a good rant. One of these days. We're going to take our first commercial break. We're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back... We're going to jump into the trailer park and talk a little James Gunn news that does not have to do with the DC Universe. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head all right welcome back everyone to bandwagon nerds patrick o'dowd ray cash and pc tunny here giving you all the great bandwagon you know nerdy stuff that we can give you chairshot radio network chairshot.com pro wrestling tees.com forward slash chairshot all your swag needs there we are going to jump right into a Fun little trailer park today. We got four trailers, but before we can do it, we got to do it right. That means we turn it over to our producer, PC Tunny. Give us some of that beautiful banjo.
You know, I got to tell you, fellas, the one thing that's nice about when Tony produces the show versus when Dave produces the show, we get a different banjo tune like every time. It's never the same banjo banjo tune twice. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I appreciate it. Here, let's point for Tony. Point for Tony. Okay. Speaking of PC Tunny, our first trailer this week in the trailer park actually comes from PC Tunny. He shared it with us in the old Bandwagon Nerds direct message thread where we share all our news. It's our placeholder for the rundown. It's kind of the way I look at it. And uh, this first trailer is a series on FX slash Hulu, if I understand it correctly. I don't know if it's exclusive to one or the other. Or if it's airing on FX, but then playing on Hulu after, streaming, like the day after. Is streaming that? next day. Got you. It's titled The Murder at the End of the World. It stars Alice Braga, Emma Corbin. And it's, it's interesting because when I first saw it, before I watched the trailer, and you just read the title, I was like, is this another apocalypse you know, apocalyptic based show about, um, you know, somebody dying at the end of the world. No. Oh, I also forgot to mention Clive Owen. Also in this uh, great, great actor, Clive Owen. And I got to tell you, out of this trailer, it's tough to really make out what's happening other than it seems like our narrator slash protagonist Emma Court, played by Emma Corrin, named Darby Hart, is either murdered at the end of the series or was murdered at the beginning of the series and trying to figure out who killed her. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it is one of these things, but she goes to this retreat that's up, it looks like it's in the Arctic, and um, this billionaire is running a retreat, somebody dies. And Darby is now trying to prove it was murder as opposed to just somebody dying. And I don't know, Tony, you shared this trailer, so I'm going to hand it over to you. It looks intriguing. It does look sufficiently mysterious. I, I don't know that I'll catch it right away off, off the old FX or the Hulu, but I can't say that it wasn't an interesting little watch and that there's a lot of unknowns involved out of this trailer. It's very thriller. It's very suspenseful. Um, it looks like it could be like the menu done right. Um, it reminds me of the old haunted hotel movie where they all get invited to the hotel and like, like they have to escape before or they have to live till the next day or something. I can't remember which one it is, but it's an interesting concept. And honestly, from watching the trailer a few times and, and the previous trailer, it looks like this is happening on two different levels because in the trailer they talk about coming down to one decision and what path will you take and and and, you know how will it change your life and i think we're going to get to see both decisions on we're going to get to see each side of the coin if you will Uh, and i think that'd be pretty cool well ray what did you think of a murder at the end of the world looks interesting thrillers are always a fun medium to follow. I don't know that episodic TV is the best medium for that, um, but I'm willing to give it a chance. But um, the only thriller of recent time I can think of, like, like a murder mystery thriller, 
uh, of recent of recent times that I can remember really truly enjoying was the flight attendant, and that's because you don't realize it's a murder mystery until halfway through. You just think she's batshit fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> and and Kaylee Cuoco played that so well that it keeps you involved. Um, but other than that, I don't know that this is the medium for it. I will I'll be willing to give it a chance. Um, and I, FX I, and Hulu. I mean, they real one, one last thing. FX and Hulu, like they 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 run together like peanut butter and jelly, bro. They they kill the game together. I just want to disagree with one of your points because American Horror Story has done really well on 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 series uh, on cable. I don't count that as the same thing. And 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 there was one that 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 Siberian Train that never stopped running did really well as a series, which was kind no of Pierce? Was a Snowpiercer, but that was on TBS. And, yeah, that's and, a series but those on TV. Those are, FX, I'm talking about murder thing. mystery series. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of throwing a few things out there, and you know. But it was, but it's not, but it's, but you're not talking the same thing. I'm talking. I'm saying American Horror Story is is a horror. Um, what's the but word? That both they of use? them have action thriller parts to it that this also has. Yeah, literally not at all what I'm talking about, which is cool, and you're right. But I'm talking about simply the idea that at the beginning of a show, somebody dies, and the entirety of the series is figuring out who died and, and who did it. That murder mystery wise, that it, doesn't really work, in my well, opinion, for episodic television. Then you could throw in, like, this is for all those Glass Onion fans, then. Yeah, exactly. But Glass Onion worked perfectly because it was a movie. We'll see. I love you, Ray. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got you got cheers. So I like you right now. Now that this got now that this me. is a little I'm uncomfortable, fucking... let's uh let's uh let's shift gears here. We're gonna jump into uh some childhoods. This is this is interesting, and we knew this was coming if we if if you followed the show at all. We've talked about it uh, in terms of news releases, but we got our first trailer for the upcoming Disney Plus Goosebumps series. I don't know about you guys. Goosebumps came along uh, after R.L. Stein had kind of hit his peak with like teen horror novels. He then started writing basically what I would call gateway drugs uh, for kids to get into horror through like for tweens. Like my the little O'Dowd, he's 11, has a boatload of Goosebumps books dating back to the late 90s to present. And we've had two. So we've had two sort of um, meta Goosebumps movies where, like, Jack Black plays R.L. Stein, and, and, like, there's that whole thing. This is a series that looks to be embracing a Goosebumps universe without R.L. Stein. We get Justin Long moving into creepy old house. And anytime Justin Long is in anything regarding horror, like, we should just say goodbye to Justin Long because... You know, I take it back. Drag me to hell. He's the skeptical boyfriend, so he doesn't die. But Jeepers Creepers dies. Um, watch it. He does. He dies. Jeepers Creepers gets his eyes pulled out. It's unfortunate for him. Um, What's the big Tusk, one we just in? Tusk. He gets turned into a walrus. The, the big uh, one that just one happened. The creepy house. Um, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what it's called. Hold on. Let me. I'll, uh, I'll I'll just click on Justin Log's name and get it up there. Barbarian, barbarian, barbarian. Yeah, Justin Long, not good for him in that regard either. Like 
Justin Long in horrors, you know, something bad is going to happen to Justin Long. In this one, it appears he gets possessed by an evil spirit, and he's the big problem. We also do get everybody's favorite uh, marionette, uh, or not marionette, sorry, ventriloquist doll. Uh, I'm going to forget his name, like Slappy. 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 Uh, Ray is shaking his head. He don't, you don't like Slappy? I've had, Slappy is the guy that made, he's the thing that made me realize I don't like ventriloquist dummies. Because so Arl Stein has impacted you. So are you going to check out Goosebumps? One thousand percent. I was the kid, <laughs> mind you, this is this is my generation. Yep. Like quite literally, the first Goosebumps book was like in ninety nine, I think around the time Danny graduated, and I was in sixth grade. This is this was my generation. Um, I owned, I think. The overwhelming majority of the first hundred, I owned every single, like damn near every single one. Um, what I like about this one is, with respect to the Jack Black movies, which were fun, this Goosebumps, as you mentioned, was a medium for kids, a gateway drug. I love the way you put that for kids to get into horror. This feels more along that style. This feels more along the style of Goosebumps for kids to understand and start to love horror. Um, and in that regard, I appreciate it. So I am excited. I hope it is. I hope it is has the the goose the goosebumps of 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 the Jack Black version didn't mix enough camp with legit scares because there are yeah. some legitimately freakishly horrifying things in some of the goosebumps. Say cheese and die can be horrifically scary. Um, but then there's campy shit too. So I hope this mixes that. A little better than the Jack Black movies did, but I'm in. I'm gonna make my kids yeah. watch it, and they're scared of scary movies. Nice. I have yet to show this to the little O'Dowd, but I do need to show him because he is a he's a fan of the books. So I'm thinking he'll be on board. Tony, Goosebumps, Disney Plus. What do you think? Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, from everything you guys oh, yeah. have talked about, I think from watching the trailer and and listening to what you guys have said too, and and it kind of confirms, or you know to me makes sense with what I was thinking is I think we're going to get a new cast every season. Like Justin Long is the guy this year and this is the problem. And then next year there's something else and they bring someone in each year, you know, to do something like that. It's not for me. I'm fully aware of goosebumps and everything else. My sister is seven and a half years younger than I am. So I'm, I'm fully aware of, of everything going on, you know, even though I'm old. Uh, like Patrick, but not quite as old as Dave. No one is. Um, you're welcome, Patrick. I'll make fun of Dave for you. Yeah, I'm just going to quietly ignore that <laughs> and, I guess, move on to this next movie that's showing up on Amazon that I enjoyed this trailer thoroughly. So I don't know how you guys felt about this trailer, I love sharing this trailer. So this trailer is for a movie called Totally Killer. It is the story of a teenage girl who somehow finds herself warped back in time 35 years to when her parents were in high school at a time when a serial killer known as the Sweet 16 Killer was at large. And she is trying to stop the murders from happening. This movie stars Julie Bowen. It looks 
a lot of fun. It has Randall Park in it. Uh, she makes this comparison. It's Back to the Future meets horror as she tries to stop a slasher uh, from killing her mom's friends because her mom is the only one who survives the, the initial sort of horror thing. And I think my favorite part is the daughter confronting her mom's friends at the cabin being like, there's a serial killer on the loose and you went to an abandoned cabin? Like, what's wrong with you? This this movie looks hilarious. It looks like it's going to play on all the 80s horror slasher tropes. Uh, I I have already earmarked this on my Amazon Prime list so that I can catch it when it drops. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. We'll go to we'll go to Tony this time to, to start it off. Totally killer. In or out, sir? I'm in. I'm actually in. Um, I love the time travel aspect. I love the fact that... And to continue the one of your favorite parts, then one of the girls turns around and goes, I can't believe I forgot the vodka. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're drinking. Um, it looks great. Even when she confronts her mom in like gym class or something and her mom tells her like to fuck off and die or something like that. It's yeah, because her mom's kind of a bitch. Yeah. Like, her mom's terrible. Yeah, like, it's, she's it's, a teenager. And then she's such a helicopter mom because of what happened and the fact that she's going to go back and be able to try and save some of those people that, you know, that that happened to or. And then one of the other things where I was like, okay, I'm on board because this is just as much a comedy as it is a horror. And it's got a pretty decent cast and a a decent kind of storyline set to it is just to think if you wouldn't if you weren't against (laughs) blowjobs. Maybe, Maybe you would have survived. Yeah, if only she would have just given the blowjob. Yeah. So, so this looks uh, good. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a cult classic, I'll be honest that. with you. I can't believe I laughed at it, but I did. Cult classic, I'm calling it. Absolutely. Ray, your thoughts on this one? It's going to be fun. I'll watch it, but I don't think it's going to be a cult classic because the cult classic that it stole from is Happy Death Day. This is basically, no. basically no. Happy Death Day meets Prime Queen. I don't agree with that at all. Like, Happy Death Day, you play the day over and over and over and over and over again. It's a time loop show. This is no, just right. a time travel. Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. So there are significant differences. I don't mean it's the same thing, but I mean that it takes from that idea of somebody's dying, I'm going back in the past to figure out what happened. Um, I'm not saying that this is, it makes it worse or bad. I'm yeah. in for it. I mean, I enjoy it. It just invokes that when I see that. That's the first thing I thought of was Happy Death Day. Um, so, maybe it's because they maybe it's because they cited Back to the Future in well, the sure. uh, and it's in the, the trailer that that's yeah. where I went with it. Like, so here's so a that's just, yeah, one quick fun fact about this movie. Uh, I don't know if y'all caught who the director of the movie is. Nanashka uh, Khan. You know who that is. I Jeremy recognize Deppie. the name. But- WWE President Nick Khan's sister. Huh. How about that? They're taking over everything. She, you know, she, yeah. she's, been, she's been in Hollywood for a minute. She has been a showrunner. She was the show, one of the showrunners for Young Rock. And, you know, I guess yep. when that got canceled, she got the time to make a movie. So makes, good for her. Makes sense for some her. of the casting, then. All right. Let's get into our last trailer, the big trailer. Um, Aquaman and Lost in the Lost Kingdom dropped its first full trailer on Thursday. We were all waiting for it. We knew it was coming. Um, 
we got a, we got a lot out of this trailer. Actually, I was surprised uh, how much we actually got to see out of what this movie is likely to be. It's going to be the return of Black Manta. We know that he is getting his hands on a the what they call the Black Trident. It's giving him otherworldly powers that are allowing him to destroy all that Aquaman holds dear. We get a look into the life of Aquaman as he's kind of narrating the trailer, talking about himself being a father. Um, conspicuous by her absence is Mira, uh, played by Amber Heard, probably for the best. Uh, I put I put the likelihood on a on a death to Mira as as pretty damn strong. Perhaps I mean she was barely in this trailer, uh, and by barely I mean it's her hitting a, a window. Uh, we got a lot more of Patrick Wilson, who Aquaman goes to for help combating this. Uh, we got a lot more Tamura Morrison as Arthur Curry's father. Clearly, his lighthouse is on fire in one of these, so it looks like Black Manta maybe killed the baby. I hope not, but. You know, Dave is speculating that part of the storyline could be when Black Manta killed Arthur Curry's son. So, and get the hook? at the end of the trailer, if you watch the trailer online, they I, I don't know if they do it during any of the televised trailers, but they show the comics that this film is based on. Um, it's funny. I think I think the little O'Dowd is suffering from DC superhero fatigue because he's like. I, I will probably go see it, but like I don't know, Dad. Like, oh, I don't know. It looks epic because it's really colorful, but like I don't know. What do you think, Ray? What like is this just a treading water movie that we're gonna watch to watch and just kind of move on? Like, is that where we are here with this this world? R- remind me when I'm done. I have a question for you about this. I want to get your opinion on something. Sure. Um. So there is a level. When you have everything so readily available for you, things kind of become uh, like think of this is going to be forgive the tangent I'm going on, but all three of us are old enough to remember the time before like digital cable, and when you first got cable of any major, of like of any regular major sense beyond the six or eight, ten channels that we all used to have back when you could we watched. Back when you could change channels fast, and now it just it takes an hour for the channel to actually yeah. pop up. <laughs> right? Remember how, how much we watched every single channel? Because we could. And now right. we're cutting the cord because we have all these channels nobody gives a shit about. It, because it's the, 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 the availability is there that it kind of makes it not the biggest of deals. There's so many of these styles of movies or shows or this or that that you got to really, really, really be special to stand out. And unfortunately, Aquaman, from a cinematic point, like the way it looks, is that, I mean, nobody really checking for Arthur Curry. And, but again, what James Wan has been able to do is, I think, amazing to make us care this much. And the movie, I have no questions, will be really good, because the first movie was really fun. Um... I like the. I like, really enjoyed I, Underwater Thor as well. Exactly, and that's what it was. But again, it was cool. And with kick, with Jason sorry, Lamour, I don't mean to cut you off, but can we draw on. one other parallel real quick? Yeah. 
underwater Thor needs help from his brother, who's imprisoned, and has been held powerless. Who tried to destroy the world. <laughs> who tried to destroy the world, and now they're yeah. going to be buddies and work together. It's like, yeah. and, and I the, can't. And, and the brother hates Thor. The brother hates his the main character. Because of the mob. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, anyway, okay, I'm glad. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Back to your... Spot on. I, I couldn't help it. However, there's a reason those movies did so well between Hiddleston and, and uh, Hemsworth. And I think Jason Momoa and uh, Patrick... Patrick Wilson. Yeah, it's Orm. The character yeah. of Orm in the comic books is such a delightfully, like, bitch of a character. So I think, like, I'm surprised Garth isn't here. That's another dude that's a piece of shit. That's fun to watch. My question, uh, yes, I'm here for it. I love the movie. I'll, I may see it in theaters. Question for you before we go to Tony Patrick. Uh, do you think we get the hook? If the baby gonna die, you think we get the hook? No, because we, because we expect it. That's fair. No, I think we. I think the possibility is a little higher than we all think, because very explain clearly. To, explain to Tony the hook as as the uninitiated. So as you all know, Black Manta is probably one of the few uh, villains in all of media who really is about the shits. Like he's here to kill. He does not care about the conversations or the. He wants to murder, and he hates uh, Aquaman so heavily that he finds a way to put um, uh, Arthur in a situation where he has to save his son, but he has his arm caught. So it's like, I'm about to kill your son. What you going to do? And Arthur ends up ripping his arm off to try to save his son, who ends up dying anyway. So he put he ends up getting the little harpoon as a hook and then proceeds to whip the ever-loving shit out of Black Manta. Um, so I think we it's a has a better chance only because uh, your boy James Gunn has made it very abundantly clear these folk done we all to the next right. so it yeah, might not done like dinner Tony your thoughts on Underwater Thor two return of the I beams I thought it was really cool of Disney to do a collaboration to have Boba Fett be Aquaman's dad. I thought that was pretty cool. That was really nice of them to put him on loan. Um, what if it's the, like trade. You, you met your Amber Heard's character? What if what if that's who dies and the baby's still alive, and that's why Boba Fett watches the baby while the brothers go out and do their thing? I mean that that burnt to the ground lighthouse makes me wonder. I think in I don't think Amber Heard's in this movie for more than ten minutes or something like that. Based that's what they said. Based yeah. on this trailer, I'll be honest with down. you. It, she did. It looks fun. It does. It really does. The trailer makes it look I mean, fun. It makes it look like I would like it in 3D. Um, but likely, I mean, you're going to get it in 3D. I know. No, I don't think you are. DC hasn't done movies in 3D. That's fair. It would uh, make sense for it to be in 3D. The little O'Dowd, he's he smirked when when Aquaman knocked the statue over. Thought that was funny. He's <laughs> like, yeah, building bridges. So, it, I don't know. How, we'll see. How, how, I know we, we have like the top level guys, but how many movie stars can you name that are just themselves playing this character? Because Jason Momoa is literally Jason Momoa as Arthur. Arthur Curry is Jason Momoa. 
just with a different name. Because he, now he's not, don't get me wrong, he really, he really is a good actor. And he, you don't believe me, watch Dune. He shows his acting chops. But like, he really is just do bro out here kicking it. I like the point at the beginning where it's like, I got a new job. I guess I got to go to work. And he walks out the lighthouse and puts on like the gold shit. It's cool. I like can it. I, can I ask a question though? You're Aquaman. You live underwater. Why are your Aquaman pants hanging on a dryer line? Because he grew up on the, on the land, bro. That's just. It's, but why? But you, those are underwater pants. He's a, bro. he's a dude, bro. All you can do is be underwater the whole time. Anyway, who cares? We're going to move into nerd news around the nerdosphere. I'm sure we'll talk about Aquaman. I don't understand why your pants that you use for underwater ruling are on the line drying. Like, what are you doing? Whatevs. Nobody gets it. Anyway, all right, let's talk some more James Gunn while we're on the subject, but not talk DC. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw this movie, but a few years back, James Gunn made a movie that asked the question, what if Superman went bad? And that story was a little film named Brightburn. And if you haven't seen it, guys, one, I think you should. It's it's a dark superhero, like it's an anti-superhero movie. It's a horror, there's a horror element to it. Um, and yet you totally understand the kid and why he goes the way he goes, because his parents essentially lie to him. And then when he really starts to go dark, instead of embracing and being raised well by his family, uh, when he learns his family has lied to them. He, he loses his shit. Dad tries to kill him. He kills dad. He kills everybody. Everybody in his way gets killed. And we received word today that that film, um, which does end with the beginning of this kid being at large on Earth, is getting a sequel. Now, according to this, this is a report from Deadline. The H Collective is planning on releasing it sometime, quote, down the line with the company also revealing that they have planned to launch H3 Entertainment, a company it says will look to in- integrate the metaverse, Web3, and AI into a slate of films. I don't know how we, uh, how we feel about that part of it, but, uh, but Brightburn 2 as a sequel, I'm interested. That movie was really, really good. It, it did pretty, it did decent in the theaters before having a pretty strong following uh, from gun fans uh, once it was released in home releases. Tony, I saw you shake your head. No, you've not seen Brightburn 1, so I'm going to assume this may not be uh, uh, something that's really triggering your interest levels. But, Ray, what about you? You got your... I was telling Tony to pull his mic down. Um, yes, I'm in. As, as in. as an ardent and very proud Superman hater, the movies Brightburn and Chronicle gave me everything I wanted. I love the idea of an evil Paragon style character. And it's just, it's, I, I love it. It, 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 it. it warms the cockles of my heart like that. Um, so yes, I'm here for it. Now, we, are, we have spent weeks, maybe months, talking about uh, the writer's strike and partially uh, brought on by the fact that AI is trying to take their jobs. And you're openly going to admit that you want to do this with 
primarily with the help of AI, ain't really a good marketing plan, bro. I'm just saying. I am. So I will say this. I will say this. I'm all behind. I'm thoroughly behind the writers, the VXF guys, the actors. I'm 100% team um, worker. I am curious to see what a full-on AI movie looks like. I am curious. Yeah. I, I like the statement in the article, though, where they were like, bros, read the room. Uh, and here, and, I, and I'll take it a step for, further. I mean, Drew Barrymore, one of America's sweethearts. Woo! She crossed some folks to the point that the backlash caused her to walk back on bringing her show back for its next season. I don't know if y'all saw this. She was she was gonna bring she was going back to she was gonna go back to live shows uh, while the writer strike was still still going on because most of their writers weren't uh, in the same contract of the writers that are striking, save two. Uh, but when she announced that she was coming back, the backlash from the unions of the public at large, she lost she lost some speaking engagements, hosting gigs for a couple of award shows. Wow. Um, she came out today. And was like, my bad, I won't bring the show back. We won't we won't do new episodes until the strike is over. It's a dangerous, it's a it's a risky move, in my opinion, to to go forward with a, an AI generated film. We'll see. Yeah. Tony, you dropped the mic. What you got, buddy? I uh, nothing. You 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 said what I was gonna add. Oh, the about them not being necessarily in the same union contract for the most yeah. So it was one of those things where she was like bringing it back, and technically she could, but it, it looked bad. Like it was just a bad option, uh, especially with two with two of her top writers being SAG uh, Writers Guild Association members. All right, other thing that I want to talk about before we go to our second commercial break and then head into union talk, our, our daily union talk. Um, we also received news from Variety. I think Ray shared this one that. Uh, Donald Glover's Star Wars series, Lando, has been changed. It is now no longer being uh, written by Justin Simeon. It is now going to be written by Stephen Go- Donald and Stephen Glover. That was, that was news that was broken in July uh, to take over the new Lando television series that was going to be on Disney+. Plus. However, we learned this week that the project is now actually being developed as a Lando movie. Lucasfilm confirmed it to Variety this week. And I don't know what to make of this. I don't know if I should be worried or if this is a good thing that it's on a big screen and just going to be a standalone film versus a series. Uh, I liked, I'm one of the people who really appreciated Solo. Like I really liked Solo, and I know despite some some negative reviews, I feel like it was unfairly reviewed based on somebody not being Harrison Ford, which was unfair to the guy who wasn't Harrison Ford. I thought he did a great job. I thought that Donald Glover was a terrific young Lando uh, and was a lot of fun. And so to see him do a series or a show or a movie as young Lando, I'm all here for. Um, but I don't know if it's a big deal or not a big deal. So I'll go to Tony first this time because Ray commented on the last one. Tony, big deal or not a big deal that we're going from series to movie with Lando? I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I love Donald Glover in that role. I actually really liked Solo. So 
if it's better as a movie, that's fine. I think we've talked about a couple of these series we've covered and said maybe it would have been better as a movie. Maybe certain movies would have been better as series. So, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's hard to tell until we see it, right? But I do believe in Donald Glover and Lando getting some kind of story moving forward. Absolutely. Ray Cash? Well, this seems like uh, quite the conundrum. That's my best Billy D. Did that work? No? Okay. It's not my I, I'm not more my I'm more of a Colt forty five Billy Billy D fan. What do you call like those commercials? Three talking Billy D. I got you. Uh the Lando voice is is one of a kind. Speaking of the Lando voice, if there's somebody that I trust for, trusted with, it is Donald Glover. Because as he's mentioned many a time, that is the role he grew up wanting. So Oftentimes, when we see these situations where a kid grew up wanting to play this role, or a dude grew up spending most of his time wanting this role, Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool come to mind, they normally knock it out of the park. So whatever it is, I am completely for it. However, this is the exact kind of thing that was, I thought, was the whole point of, of Disney doing with Marvel and Star Wars making the series. The people who didn't get enough love on the movies expand their life. This is quite literally the point of that. So if you want to make it a movie, cool. You're not gonna make a lot of money. So it's whatever you want to do. Because I don't think I don't think a Lando Cassarian movie, or how you say his last name, is going Lando to Lando Calrissian. Same shit. It's gonna sell a lot of money. I don't think it will. Because Solo didn't make a lot of money, and that's probably the most popular character in the world. So. But did, did Solo not make a lot of money because people didn't want that movie to be made? Both. But once it's here, it's here. Right. I, it's just, that's the thing that I always, like, I, I struggled with Solo so bad. I felt, again, I felt so bad for anybody who was going to get cast in, in that role. Because you're not, I'm sorry, if you're not Harrison Ford, everybody, like, it's just one of those, not one of those roles that I don't think could be touched whether rightfully or wrong wrongfully you know what i mean uh but i don't know i i, I like donald glover who's who knows we'll see we'll see we'll see uh, i agree though i don't think it's gonna make like you know 700 million dollars or anything like that but if you're like i always just felt bad for alden um uh, alden einreich i think is how to pronounce his last name Ooh, like that really dude good. That, yeah, but that dude had no chance, right? Like, he just had no chance in that role. And he, it takes a special actor, and he seems like a great guy, and he was really, really good. Was he Harrison Ford special? The thing that I do think that Donald Glover has going for him is that he's a special kind of actor and, and a special kind of entertainer. And I, so I think he can do it in a way that, that will make it happen. Popularity helps, too. He is a star. Someone will come to watch. Right. right. You know, and if Childish Gambino can come out and, you know, maybe do the soundtrack for the movie, that'll help too. Be a lot of good stuff. That would be a thing. Because if you don't know, those of you who are not in the know, Childish Gambino said he is done making music. So if but he if he came back, out of retirement, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a big deal. Tony, how do you feel about Lando? 
Well, I, yeah, I told you already. I'm okay with this movie. I'm good with it. I, I, I loved Solo, and uh, I like Donald Glover in there, so it's good to go. Do you think? Do you think like a Colt 45, it will work every time? <laughs> Not like Colt 45, my friend. Maybe a little OE, you know. You know what else outside, works all the time? Bandwagon Nerds works all the time. No. OE Outsiders Edge. No, you can look it up. Anyway, all right. We're going to go into our second commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, unions and strikes and whatnot. So uh, stay with us. Some Not big really news out of Marvel. I think probably some of the big, the most significant news to hit the MCU since the last, the last union-related news hit the MCU. All that and more when we come back. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Thechairshot.com, always use your head Alright everyone, welcome back Final segment of Bandwagon Nerds, PC Tunney, Ray Cash, Patrick O'Dowd with you ChairShotRadio.com on the ChairShot Radio Network. Make sure you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash ChairShot and invest in us to keep us going every single day. It is time to once again talk strike and union news because, kids, it's the reality of the entertainment industry. And Tony's rolling his head. Ray looks excited to do it. It's, it's the news. It's the news. It's like... Right now, it'd be like doing a college football podcast and not talking about Deion Sanders. Like, we have to talk about the strike and all the news. And to me, two significant news items came out this week in regards to, one, the union, um, the union, the unionization of Marvel VFX workers. I almost think this is bigger news than the second story that we're going to get to. Uh, as it came out this week that Marvel VFX workers voted to unionize unanimously, if I do if I do recall. Yes, unanimously uh, voted to unionize with the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Um, this is long overdue. And I started to wonder if this wasn't going to happen when we started hearing more and more stories about the way Disney slash Marvel were treating its VFX employees, the type of hours they were requesting them to keep, the type of corners they were asking them to cut when it came to prioritizing certain projects over others. It just seemed like this was a dam on the verge of bursting. Uh, and so when this election or when this vote concluded on September 11th, it was just, it was without question that it was going to happen. Here's the thing. Studios, studios are probably scared to death because, oh my God, we could have a yet another group striking in Marvel in particular. Oh my God, we could have another strike, uh, another strike coming. I actually think this is going to force some legitimate changes in how these movies get produced that is going to improve the quality of Marvel films, whether that means that it's going to slow down the production plan 
or if it's going to just create better working parameters, allowing these artists and creators to actually do their job and do it well and effectively and safely without working 18-hour days to get them done and to meet these deadlines. I think in the long run, we're going to get you know maybe another delay in MCU projects, but I think in the, in the long run, it's going to be good for the MCU because I think it's going to make I, I firmly believe it'll improve the labor force and their and their ability to work. Um, thoughts, uh, either one of you, uh, Ray? Go ahead. You can go first. Well, I got two words for you. Absolutely necessary. Right. I, I. So look, we've been talking about this for a while, and I don't think you're gonna find many shows on the interwebs on Elon's or Al Gore's or whoever's in that that you use uh, that are better at speaking about entertainment, comics, things of this nature, there's not much to talk about. It's just on this, on this, when it comes to this particular subject, about fucking time. This is what they needed. This is what was necessary. This is, there's only nothing but positive. And me as a consumer, if I gotta wait another year and a half to get movies for the good of these people so they can fucking live their lives and feed their families, yes, I'm fine with that. Cause I know it's coming back anyway. So yeah, this is this is a, a thousand percent positive. Good for them. I hope they're able to get all the things that they need, that they want, and uh that this works out for them, man, because you know, the past 15 years of of Marvel MCU of any movie, but particularly if that brand would not exist if it wasn't for these people. So they deserve to be treated like humans. Good for them. Yeah. Sonny, your thoughts? I mean, that holiday season prediction is looking good again, right? It's weird how we've been like thinking, oh, it, it should kind of happen as we get towards the holidays to, oh man, this could take a couple years back to now where certain studios are feeling the pressure we're willing to give this here and there um you got more people striking you know just causing more pressure and more pressure on the studios so i i think it's a good thing i think you know a total shutdown will be the briefest uh briefest way to solve the problem yeah, and I also want to, so this, and what I'll, I'll be intrigued to see if other visual effects studios follow suit, because that's the other thing to keep in mind is, like, there are, like, Industrial Light and Magic is the largest visual effects studio in the industry. Now, it's the big fish. There are others. What a digital, for example. Uh, and I don't know their union, you know, their union status. Like, I don't know if they're unionized or not, but I remember... Uh, we talked about this a few, like a month or two back. Uh, like this has been a long-standing problem since the advent of computer-generated images in film. That this has been a group of a group within the filmmaking process that has been marginalized and taken advantage of for for quite a while, and to the point where people's Oscar speeches have been cut off when they try to make a plea for the rights. Of visual effects workers. Uh, we see new visual effects studios open all of the time and get closed down after one movie 
even if it's a successful movie. That's a broken system that a, v a VFX company could, I, I think one of them won an Oscar, like won an Oscar and then was shut down because they were broke because of the way that they were used by the studios to produce the film. That's, that's got, they, like that sort of pra practice has to go. It has to end in unionizing is the easiest way to protect yourselves and to make sure that it doesn't happen that way. So yeah, I'm 100% with the two of you. I think Dave would be too. Uh, I do think it was interesting. Dave went immediately, immediately to, oh, uh, we're striking again, which may happen. But right now we're not at that step. Right now we're just voting and we have voted to unionize and it's been approved. So more on that as it progresses. Maybe we do get yet another industry strike. We've only avoided one so far. That was with the directors. Fucking Hashtag sad. 2027. 2027. It was a joke once. It feels less like a joke every time we make it. All right, let's go to the last story. It's something Tony alluded to. Also out of Variety this week, we got word from Warner Brothers Discovery. The CFO says the company wants to resolve these strikes ASAP after disclo disclosing up to $500 million in loss from earnings. Quite the change from Warner Brothers Discovery is this guy, by the way, I love this dude's name, Gunnar Weidenfels. I'm just going to go with that. Weidenfels, it's weird. He, he is quoted as saying, it's an unfortunate situation. It's not unfortunate. You're the one doing it. We have to get back to work. From an operational perspective, we're really shut down. There's very little content production going on right now. This guy gets it. Will Zaslav get it? Will uh, Ray's already shaking his head? No. no. Will no. Will Bob Iger get it? No. Will any of these studios figure this out, or will it take more companies reporting losses before we get to a true a true turnaround? To your point. The entire point of this entire conversation on this show is that they saw the money and were like, maybe this is a bigger deal than we thought it was. So we very, we know very clearly that the people at that level only talk in dollars and currency. So if it's affected bottom line enough for them to be like, maybe we should talk to them. That's a major, that's a major happening in this situation. Um, None of this is being done out of the goodness of their heart. They don't care oh, yeah. about these people. Um, but, you know, I can't speak for no other company. But every week we, get, we come in, we talk about Water Brothers Discovery selling off something else or, or giving something else up or killing another product or Disney and their, their stock is down or this and that. Y'all are losing money hand over fist. And, like, don't you think there's a reason for that? No, don't you remember? They said it was saving them money. Such oh, it was a oh. benefit. It's fine. Everything's that. fine here. Fine, hey. I'm fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. Tony, how are lie, you? Lie, money doesn't lie. I, it, it is funny, though, because they were the first ones to come out and say how great they were, and then they were the first ones to come out and say how much trouble they're in. 
And now they're the first ones to come out and say, we, you know, we, we need to solve this because we're dying over here. Uh, it, it's just all an act. They've been dying the whole time, and we knew that. It, it's no surprise that the least stable streaming service out of the big ones is the one that is ready to settle because they can't make money. I mean, you make a point. Yeah, I, I, and I, I agree. Like, I think that I think they've learned the hard way. And because we've talked the most trash about this thing happening here with WB, right? Uh, out of all of them. Right. Yeah. And I, I do think there's a little bit of hubris involved um, and a little bit of schadenfreude from, from us around here to kind of be like, well, well, well. Uh, that's why we also don't feel particularly bad for Disney and Disney Plus because Bob Iger hasn't exactly been the best of spokespersons for their company. You know who's done? You know who's done right? The companies that have kept their mouths shut and just not said a word and and let these other folks do it. So, yeah, there you go, folks. There's your uh, weekly strike update, 2027. It's real. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I don't think we're getting any new holiday specials. 2027, it works every time. So, Oh, we are right. getting a holiday special, Patrick. We're getting the werewolf by, by night. Re- re- don't even fucking color. talk to me about that. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Ray! Ray! You did this, Ray. Oh, way to go, Ray. He's so going to boo you. It gets announced this week that for the holidays, Here we go. on its one-year anniversary, Here goes Patrick's blood pressure. the black and white Marvel special, Werewolf by Night, which is a fun no, little Do this in the other voice. Do this in the, the other way. voice. Use your other voice to do this. No, no, I'm not using my other voice for oh, this. I'm, I'm using Patrick Grant's voice for this. Because why in the blue oh, fuck would you yeah. take a, a show that is made, like was intentionally made, black and white as an homage to classic horror as an homage to this ambiance and this mystery this creation that the use of color when it finally shows up in this series in the in the show it, with the color red is important and be like you know what let's just fucking are we ted turner here did we turn into Turner classic movies and we're going to colorize the black and white movies because we think it's better that's stupid that's horrible it's a wonderful life didn't need to be in color mr smith goes to washington didn't need to be in color and guess what werewolf by night doesn't need to be in color does it fucking marvel i would just like what's to wrong say, with you i would just like to note that maybe someone wanted to see the color of elsa bloodstone's fit maybe it was a fit check So, Tony, what you watching? Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick, for passing that right on over to me. Um, you know what I am watching? I'm watching the end of MasterChef, and it's been a really good season. And when this ends on Fox, we're going to get Hell's Kitchen come back, but we're also going to get something that we haven't had in a long time from Gordon Ramsay, and that's Kitchen Nightmares is coming back. This fall, I believe the last week of September, and those are so fun because he goes in. It's like if you're a bar rescue fan, he goes in and he he 
like tries to stay undercover and figure out what's wrong with the restaurant and then just you have to change the people more than anything so if if you like the whole food thing if you like the whole reality kind of uh character growth thing it's a good it's a good watch so hell's kitchen and uh kitchen nightmares coming up and the season finale of master chef this week all right ray what are I you got watching a, i got a quick three for you real fast on stars there is a fantastic documentary called uh the right to offend um which essentially is about black comics and their uh the the history between their their comedy and actual activism and the mix between the two it's really good and all of the biggest black comics are in it it's not just like the guys they bring to show up on like vice or no like it's everybody's in it number one number two um the morning show just returned so check that out, Apple TV Plus. But lastly and most importantly, the time has come. We've all been allowed to be blessed. Fern Gully Seven. With no, that's that's that's, that's still in the works. Twenty twenty seven. AI is AI is working on that. We have finally been able to be blessed with the with what's going to win the Oscar for this year. What's going to be known put in the time capsule of history. What is going to be on AFI's top. 500 movies 20 years from now fast x has hit peacock let's fucking go okay um all all right so speaking of jason momoa having a good time from what i understand he has a great time he is fantastic in that movie Forget all, look, they like to hate on me because I'm a Fast and the Furious person. Cool. That's fine. We, we can play along with that. All bias aside, fuck all the race. Talk, no. Go watch that movie. Jason Momoa, is, Jason Momoa is fucking fantastic. I promise you, he is amazing. Cool. Uh, what am I watching? I just finished season three of Harley Quinn on Max. Fun, uh, fun little wrap to that season. Very excited. We didn't talk about this in the trailer park, but Harley Quinn has a spin-off animated series coming based on the Kite Man character that is hell introduced. Yeah. And, yes, Kite Man. Hell yeah. Uh, it looks funny as hell. Uh, at least the, the opening trailer looks funny as hell. So I'm very excited about that. And then I'm going to get caught up on a few Amazon Prime series that I haven't had a chance to catch yet. I'm going to uh, check out Good Omens Season 2 which was uh, quite good if you are a fan of Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. And I get to uh, experience my wife hate watching the Wheel of Time series because she read all these books. She loves this. She loves those books, dated though they may be. But watching her get pissed at a depiction of that show is just the best thing ever, you guys. You have no idea how much fun Do you it is. think you could channel those thoughts into like a 30-second statement that you could play on here, like for an SNL kind of skit where it's like, and now Patrick's wife hate watches Wheel of Time. And then it goes into her like being mad. You know what I'm saying? If If I thought I could get her willingly to be recorded... For the purposes, like one, I think I'd get divorced. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think it would end our marriage. 
What if you but, what if you just uh, kind of recorded her comments during the show and then put them all together? Oh, yes, well, she's not working even faster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's let's do it unbeknownst to her. Because she's a big listener to the podcast. I absolutely one thousand percent does she absolutely not listen to this podcast. Then we should be good. All. Then we should be good. It could be fun. Right. It it could be until I get caught. I'm not I'm not good at subterfuge, man. <laughs> like you're both I would I would get I just started getting late again, guys. You can't do this. Right? You gotta it's like it took me a brand new kitchen. Leave me alone. Strike right. that from the record. Strike that from the record. All right, fellas. That's what I've been watching. Uh, we're going to, and until uh, uh, DirecTV gets done with its fight with my local NBC affiliate, I, I will be watching a lot of Peacock because apparently I can't why. Yeah, a lot of the cock, as you guys like to say. Uh, speaking of things that also work every time. Um, you want to see a lot of the cock. That's pretty free on the internet, that's I heard. There you go. There's a lot of ways to do it. Anyway. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick once around the table. Tell everybody where you can find us, follow us, all of that fun stuff. Uh, this week, we will start with Mr. PC Tunney. You can follow me at PC Tunney on the social medias and make sure to check out Chair Shot Radio Network every morning on all of your favorite streaming platforms, sports entertainment and sports entertainment. We got you covered. Oh, Ray Cash, 745th. Uh, you can find me at It's Ray Cash, R-U-I's Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Um, on, I don't know, you pick. What are we doing today? You, um... Insta. Sure, why not? I'm, I Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, I'm Ray Snapchat. Yeah, TikTok. you won't ever catch me. You won't catch me on Snapchat because too many people get caught up that way. Not me. Got you. All right, you can follow me on the socials at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I am on the X Twitter. I am on the Instagram. I am on the threads. Uh, also, be sure to follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds, at just as it's spelled. Good time stuff over there. About time for a poll. We haven't put up a poll lately. We should, we should do one of those. Uh, if you have a good poll idea, suggest it to one of our socials, and then we'll put it what? on the other what we'll movie should Tony watch first? This, what movie should Tony watch this week? Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption or Green Mile? And Tony has Shawshank. I, I would I would pick Shawshank before I pick the movie. Well, I gotta wait till he, everybody's on the show though. Patrick's not here next week. You sure. can still watch the fucking movie. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, but I would watch night. it like in accordance so that I would remember. See, it. I watched the way the that Tony operates, he never watches anything until the day before it's due. Tony, did you ever do your homework in advance? Like, were you Literally always like not. the night before? I took the night? bus a lot. Maybe even I was on the maybe bus. Maybe in the morning. On the bus. Yeah, on, on the it's way. It's a tribute to how smart I am. I can get away with. I can get away with it. I, I bet you all his whole his whole scholastic career, his teachers thought his handwriting was shit. Really, he has beautiful calligraphy. It's just it's always on the bus. Here's here's the thing that would happen. Zeros on the homework, A's on the tests, A's for the A's for the quarter. And so every parent teacher conference went something like this. Young PC Tunney has a lot of potential if he would just apply himself. He would have A's all the way across the board. And then the and then the and then the teacher or professor would like get the tests in and it'd be they'd be the best in the class. They'd be like, Okay, maybe we we'll just leave this. And then they think you were cheating. No. Yeah, well, well. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Will I wrestle? No. All right. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna call it a wrap. Tony's gonna watch Shawshank, 
at some point when all four of us are in the house. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds, though. So make sure you get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and you all watch Shawshank, too, because, damn it, it's a fucking awesome movie, and everybody should see it. And yell at Marvel for colorizing Werewolf by Night. That's a crime against humanity. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.